Welcome to Building Your Best Career, a podcast for professionals looking to find their voice, define their brand, and maximize their impact. Episodes are a collection of lessons from real life, interviews with people doing incredible things, tips and tools to get you on your way to realizing your infinite career possibilities. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Building Your Best Career. Before we start today, I wanted to ask you a question about whether or not you have liked and reviewed the podcast. And I ask this because the more reviews and and ratings that I get on the podcast, the more people I'm able to reach. It moves you up on the, the search engines for iTunes and Spotify and all those different listening tools that you're using. So if you would, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you're recommending it to your friends, if you would go in there and just takes two minutes. Mark off a couple of stars, hopefully five because you're enjoying it, but mark off a few stars, provide a rating, and then that way I can reach more and more folks with the podcast. Thanks so much. I really appreciate you being here week after week. Today we are going to be talking about leading high-performance teams. So I had a couple discussions over the last few weeks about how challenging it can be for organizations to have high-performing teams. Now, obviously, with all that's been going on this spring, there's so much that goes into this and and additional challenges that have been placed with remote leadership and folks feeling a little out of the loop and and just general concerns about life and health and, and the future and uncertainties, right? So there are some complexities to this. But in general today, I wanted to talk about three ways as leaders, as managers, as directors, as supervisors, we can improve our our teams and the way they work and the way they interact with one another. The first thing I want to talk about is strategic hiring, right? If you are starting off and you're building your team and you're hiring people, There's a lot of people out there right now looking for jobs, right? There's a lot of organizations that may or may not be hiring. And you may be trying to put together teams to be highly productive. When we are doing our interviews as the hiring manager or even just a team member that is participating in this process, it's so important to pay attention to more than just the list of skills that folks are putting on their resume. Now, obviously, most organizations have a process. They go through maybe some type of a recruiter where they're vetting these folks, and then the hiring manager or the hiring team will sit down with the person either on Zoom or over the phone or whatever the process is that your organization is using to bring on new new people. You want to be paying attention to other things besides just their skills. Now, I'm not saying that If you're hiring somebody to be a system administrator and they've got zero computer skills, that's not what I'm talking about, right? I am talking about making sure to pay attention to their personality, to their their vibe, their energy, their personality when you're talking to them. Are they a good fit for your team? As leaders, we know our people. We know our team. We know how they work. We know the dynamic that goes along with that. We know how some folks may be a little antagonistic. Other people are the peacekeepers. Other folks are just the put their head down kind of folks and 
keep plugging away, right? As leaders, it's important for us to be paying attention to that personality dynamic on our team and understanding what personalities will really augment and build and support a high-performing team, as opposed to causing issues, causing a ripple effect, causing frustration, uh, causing arguments. It, it could be as bad as, you know, you end up with folks that are that are bickering or fighting or competing against one another or just downright nasty. It's important to pay attention to the personalities that you're interviewing. Now again, you need to make sure that they're qualified for the job, but it's important to remember that you can train a lot of skills. You can train a lot of capabilities into a new employee, but adjusting their behavior, adjusting their demeanor, their temperament, those types of things are harder to change. And typically, you can get a feel for what type of person it is that you're interviewing, right? If you're doing behavioral interviews or depending on the questions that you're asking, if you're doing situational and you offer them an example of a situation and how they might respond to it, depending on how many questions you're asking and how sophisticated your interview process is and how many times you personally have done interviews, you can get more and more information out of the candidate. Team dynamics is really important and how people work together is very important to not only the other members on your team, but also to your organization and to you, okay? So the second is investing in your employees, investing in your team. And I'm not necessarily even talking about just money, I'm talking about time as well. Through things like training and coaching and mentoring and working with your teams, getting in there for a little bit and paying attention to what's going on, keeping on the email chain so that you can see how the dynamics are playing out, putting aside a little bit of time to have one-on-ones with your team members individually so that you can talk to them about what's working, what's not working, and hearing their thoughts about things, okay? Providing some leadership and mentoring to them so that they feel like someone is watching, someone's paying attention, and not so much that we're watching you and if you don't do things right, you're going to be in trouble type of mentality. I'm more talking about someone's paying attention so if the dynamic is not right, you're willing to make some changes. You're willing to make some adjustments. You're willing to do some one-on-one some -on -one coaching or counseling with whatever team member is causing the problem. Or if you are having problems with the entire team, sit them all down, maybe do some group coaching. Bring someone in from outside to help with some difficult conversations or manage conflict if that's what's going on. Sometimes it's something that can be just very temporary. Perhaps it's one particular project that's just caused all kinds of issues and sometimes that can be because the wrong person was put in charge of different things. The skill set wasn't a good match. The, the dynamic of the team wasn't right. Perhaps the timeline was too aggressive or not aggressive enough. Talking to your teams getting understanding of what's going on and why they are not working as optimally as you would like is important. Being willing to make changes, being willing to adapt, change the process, change the communication style, change the communication frequency. Maybe you are having challenges with your teams because you're only checking in with them once a quarter or once a month or once a week and they need a little bit more hand-holding. Perhaps 
they need something more in the beginning and then you can taper it back, right? As leaders, it's important that we're paying attention to these things. And depending on what the longevity is of the types of projects that you're, you're leading your teams with, you should be starting to get a feel for what they're capable of, what's going to cause problems, what's going to ruffle people in the wrong way, who's not going to get along with other folks. Back when I was leading remote teams, they were working all over the world, and we would have regular conference calls every week for most of my projects to check in. And, you know, I'll be honest, at the beginning, I remember thinking once a week, there are so many conference calls. I'm spending all of this time on conference calls, whether I'm on travel or they're on travel, three o'clock in the morning, depending on time zone, we're having these check-in calls to see where things are at. And I had mixed feelings about that because it just seemed like, well, this is a lot of money we're spending and are we getting what we need to out of the calls? But then I started paying attention to my teams in a little bit of a different way. And instead of running every single one of my team calls the same way, I started changing it up a little bit because there are some teams that just need to know that the boss is listening, that the boss is hearing what's going on. They had a, a frustrating day at the site or whatever was going on. Technology didn't work, the internet didn't work, their car broke down, whatever it is, right? Some teams just need a little bit of that almost care and nurturing, whereas other teams are all business. They just want to give you the status update. This is what's going on. We're here. This is what we need to do. You can be on and off the call in 10 minutes. But as a leader, it's important to pay attention to what those teams need and adapt them as you go so that you're giving them what they need. Employees that are getting what they need, employees that feel heard, feel valued, feel important to the organization, do better work. They stay around longer. They're more invested. Okay, If you're investing in them, they feel invested in and they want to stick around. And that leads to the last concept here and that's ownership. Offer them opportunities to have some ownership in the projects that they're working on, the programs that they're working on. Talk to them and get their input on things. Ask them to give ideas. Help them with planning, with priorities. All of those different things. Now, you don't have to take the, the, the most entry-level person that you've got and follow along what the, it is that they think that you should be doing, right? I, I'm not talking about adjusting your your direction as a leader because a subordinate says, well, I think it would be better this way. It doesn't have to be that black and white. I would argue that a lot of it is just listening to them, having them have ideas, because honestly, particularly in my case where people were remote and I wasn't always there, they were my eyes on the ground. They knew what was going on. I didn't always know all of the ins and outs and the nuances. So if they were saying to me, hey, we need to do this, the standard protocol is not working. We need to make this adjustment or that adjustment. You want to give them a little leeway there because, again, they're offering you a solution. They're offering you an idea. They're offering you a part of their mind, of their thoughts, their ideas that they think will be helpful. And if you're telling them they need to do something and they don't agree with it, how dedicated do you think they're going to be 
to doing it that way. As opposed to if they've now felt that they've sold you on their idea that they're going to solve this issue, they're going to bust their asses to make sure that it does so that they can come out on the other side and be like, see, I gave you that solution. It solved all our problems. I'm amazing. Right? They may not come out and say that, but that's what their feeling is going to be. I, I solved the problem. I did great things. And you want to build that, that feeling, that investment, that loyalty on your teams because the more they're feeling like they are contributing, the more invested they are and therefore they're going to work harder towards the solution that you want. You will learn over time as you work with your teams, who is capable of that, who is not capable of that, who is able to have a little bit of extra leeway and who really needs to be kind of on a tight leash, right? We know our people. In the beginning, sometimes it can be challenging and sometimes it can be downright obvious. But this goes back to when you're doing your strategic hires, right? If you've got a team full of fly by the seat of their pants folks, perhaps the new person on the team needs to be somebody to kind of help rein them in. But you have to be careful about the personality that you're finding there because if you've got a bunch of free spirits and then you've got a total authoritarian who is not going to be amused by any of that, there's going to be friction there. You need to find a balance. There is so much to building high-performance teams. It sounds like there is 150 things you need to consider. And, and frankly, there are a lot of things you need to consider. But... I would argue that most of them stem from the concept of paying attention to them, listening to your people, watching what's going on, watching the dynamics. This is certainly one of those situations where as leaders, to just kind of sit at the back of the room and watch what goes on can really make a difference in how successful your teams are. We would have periodic reviews throughout the year, sometimes once a year, sometimes more than once a year, where we brought everybody to the area to sit down and work together. And there would be all these side meetings, there would be happy hours, there would be networking, there would be all kinds of, sometimes there'd be training, things like that. One of the most valuable things I learned, actually from a leader that I reported to, was to spend some of that time observing. Networking is important. You go around and you talk to the folks, but spend a little bit of time working the room from a different perspective and just observing how people are interacting. Observe the body language. Observe the level of excitement. Observe the level of frustration. Because inevitably, people's nonverbals are really very telling, right? And if you bring your team together and put them in a working group meeting, say over a lunchtime, right? You sit them all around a table and let your project lead or your, your team lead or your subordinate, whomever it may be, let them run the meeting and you just kind of pop in now and again or stand by the door and watch what's going on and see how things are going, you will see how organically the team is working together or not working together. Then you can sit down and talk to them. If it's not working together, ask the team. I notice the productivity is really dropped off here. I'm not sure what's going on. I would love to understand if there's something that I can do to help. Is it internal? Is it technology? Is it external? Is it just craziness of going, what's going on in the world these days? Whatever it may be. Ask your team. They may have 
a really good idea of what the problem is. Perhaps you've got a troublemaker on your team and they need to be talked to one-on-one. -on -one. Perhaps it's a whole team dynamic. Maybe they don't have the skills or the training and you need to add an additional person. There's so many different things that could cause a team to not be performing at the level that you're looking for. But building a good team, investing your time with your team, and giving them some ownership over what's going on and making them feel like they're heard and their input, their contribution, their efforts are valued really takes a team from a standard performer team to a high-functioning team. All right, stay healthy, stay safe, have a great week. All right, so thanks for listening to Building Your Best Career. I hope you enjoyed it. Head on over to buildingyourbestcareer.com and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Feel free to drop me a note with any topics you'd like to hear about or if you'd like to be a guest on an episode. And please go ahead and recommend me to your friends. Until next time, always remember to stand up and be confident. Stand by all that you do and say with integrity and stand out because after all, there's only one you.